So Money episode 440, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the ridiculously easy cloud accounting software made specifically for entrepreneurs and business owners who need to find a better way to deal with their paperwork. Sign up today at freshbooks.com slash so money. Welcome to So Money, everyone. Happy Friday. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi with Sophia. Hi, Sophia. Hello. How's it going? How was your week? It's good. It's been great. It's a hot one, though. Oh, can, can, <laughs> I mean, it's like we went, we had no transition. We went from kind of like this kind of gross spring, which was like rainy, and and then to this, uh, like you said, like it's like walking through soup. It's like it's awful like hot <laughs> tomato soup. It's like disgusting. Yeah, and of course, then we come to work and we have to use our space heater because it's so cold in the building. Um, so uh, let's just hope we don't catch an ammonia or something this summer. Because isn't that what happens? Like when you go from cold to hot. Yeah, yeah, you get really sick. You but- can. This was a very eventful week, even though it was a short week. We both had on on Monday, and hope everybody had a great Independence Day. We were actually able to see some fireworks through our window in Brooklyn, which was cool. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I we <clears throat> we're really boring, Tim and I. Like, <laughs> especially with Evan, it's really not something that we want to do is, you know, go to a crowded place at night in New York City <laughs> and, you know, be near uh, fireworks. It's um, something that maybe when he's a little bit older and he can enjoy it and he has a little later bedtime, it'll be fun. But it was like being a kid again. I'm sitting in my apartment and I'm hearing these fireworks, which were actually really loud and you could hear them. It was very pounding. And I couldn't, you know, I'm, I'm trying to like go to all the different windows to see if I can get a glimpse. And there was one window that gave us a little bit of a view. So that was nice. Thursday, yesterday, I was at Podcast Movement in Chicago. And that was cool. Get to see a lot of podcasters in the flesh. And I got to be on a panel there. Uh, was a quick trip. Went Got there early in the morning on Thursday, left Thursday night, and got the chance to be on a panel with AdLarge, our podcast sales team partner, and talking about how to get sponsors for your show without selling out. That was actually the title of the panel. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to you know, give some insider advice to fellow podcasters about how to ultimately monetize, which is important because as much as I think all of us would like to do this for free... It is a labor of love, but ultimately, I think to to have it be something that makes sense in the long run, especially if you're a very consistent podcaster daily, three times a week, it's a lot of work, as we know. It's important to um, to get paid so we can keep at least the overhead running. So it was really cool to to be a part of that and happy to be back. Happy Friday, Sophia. What was your so money moment this week? My so many moment this week was I maxed out my Roth IRA for the year. Get out of here. Good yeah. Job. I'm really excited. I am. Um, you didn't I even met, tell me this. this I, like you were I know. I wanted to I surprise know. you. <laughs> what made you do I, it? Um, what was the impetus? Well, I had the money and I said, why not just get it out of the way now? So I 
I met with my financial planner and she was thrilled that I had such great financial knowledge, which of course like, I what credited. What could possibly be influencing you, Sophia? Uh-huh. I credited all that t- towards you. And my dad was extremely impressed. He was like, you know what the maximum you can contribute to your Roth IRA. You know what a Roth IRA is. So he was very, he was like, you're doing something right. So um, no, I was really excited. And of course, a huge weight lifted off my shoulders because I got that out of the way. And now I still have money, obviously, in my emergency savings and I still have some stuff with my financial advisor that I can contribute elsewhere. But no, I'm happy to to know that I'm all set for this year in terms of my Roth IRA. So that was really exciting. Nice work. And early in the year too. That'll be that'll come in handy when you're um fifty nine and a half. Yeah. <laughs> which isn't for a while, but it's you know, that's great. Cause I know it's not, it doesn't, I was just talking to Dr. Daniel Crosby this week. That episode is going to air later, uh, this summer. He is a behavioral psychologist. Um, actually, he's a financial advisor who specializes in kind of behavior and human behavior. And he's got a PhD in, in this area. And he talks about that as human beings, we're actually not, we don't rush to save. We don't jump to the op- we don't jump at the opportunity to save because it's just not in our biologically. We've never really needed to save. You know, going back to her, to the caveman era, we lived maybe till like thirty, forty, and so there wasn't this urgency to feel this need to save for the future or uh, save anything for the future, money, you know, food, anything. So it's something that we definitely have to consciously do. So good for you. Happy to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. What was your so money moment this week? Uh, so money moment this week. I mean, I guess going to podcast movement was super so money. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes I think the so many moments aren't about money necessarily, but about relationship building and relationship maintaining. And I, I'm happy to say that, you know, also this week I got together with some girlfriends that I've been friends with, um, for over a decade. And, uh, you know, we make a commitment to see each other at least once every few months or every, sometimes it drags maybe once every six months, but, you know, we go way back and it's always great to catch up. And, you know, this is just, it's a feel good lunch. And I had the opportunity to hang out with some girlfriends this week. So that was very, so money in my book. And also very so money, I think, is when I got an email from Libsyn, which is uh, for those of you who are maybe in the podcast world, you know, Libsyn is the largest server for podcasts. It is where I think like 90% of the podcasts are um, hosting their shows. And they're uh, now in a relationship with Spotify. Spotify is actually introducing podcasts to its mix of audio entertainment. And they emailed me to say that uh, out of the blue, that So Money was selected. Uh, right now, they're handpicking podcasts to be featured on Spotify. So for those of you who are Spotify fanatics, next time you're on there, check me out. I'm actually, I haven't even done it myself yet, but I, uh, I uploaded it um, this week uh, with the red green light from uh, Libsyn. So very excited to continue our world domination in the podcast world, Sophia. This is really cool. I know. It's really exciting. And we have over two and a half million downloads as of last week, which kind of was like, it kind of crept up on us. But, you know, it's nice to recognize those milestones and can't believe that it was just, you know, less than 
a year and a half ago or about a year and a half ago that we launched this show and um, I went from zero to two and a half million in that time. So that's, I think that's worth a pat on the back. Oh, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get to our questions this week and see what's on people's money minds. What have you found, Sophia? All right. So our first question is from John. He recently read an article that you wrote about being laid off. And he says he also was laid off after his first job right out of college back in 2013. And obviously, he wasn't too thrilled about it. Um, But he managed to find motivation to apply to hundreds of jobs every day and finally got a call for the job that he's currently working. He's um, a DOD contractor and has been in this role for about two years now, but he feels he's not being challenged and that he may not be in the right role. He's tried applying for some internal positions, but finds that the process seems to be all politics. Mm -hmm. So he's continuing to apply and stay patient. But he wants to know when enough is enough and should maybe mm-hmm. he think about looking elsewhere or yeah. have a chat with a supervisor. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got early on in my career, I was only I was an unpaid intern. So that's how early on in my career it was. Uh, I was like 19 or 20 and I was working in New York at a uh, I was actually at CNBC at the time um, at the dot com side doing marketing uh, internship doing a marketing internship. And my supervisor at the time, Candace Johnson, if you're listening, I love you. And she had just started working there. And one day I saw her like, this is like, this is I'm really dating myself, but I saw her faxing her resume out. And I was like, Candace, are you looking for another job? You just started here. And uh, you know, like what's going on? She's like, let me tell you something, Farnoosh. And Candace had just also gotten laid off. So kind of similar to you, John, like, and I, and I've been laid off and I think like everyone at some point probably will get laid off or, and and it's usually always good things happen after layoff. But she said to me, just because you have a job doesn't mean you shouldn't be looking always for another job. Like your resume should always be circulating. And yeah, I mean, take that with a grain of salt because I don't think like you want to ultimately be known as the person who's always looking to leave and you want to be very careful about your resume getting in the right hands and you don't want to like your boss who just hired you suddenly see that you're like on the job boards elsewhere. But I think her point was that you should always be keep an eye out for opportunities. And it sounds like, John, that the opportunities that you want aren't really ready there at your job currently. And if they are, it seems like there's a lot of hoops to go through. I know all about politics. I have experienced them myself. I don't think anyone um, would disagree that, you know, politics, unfortunately, is just a part of sometimes working someplace. And so if you feel like you've put through, put a good effort in and you have tried to apply yourself and apply to different jobs at your job, Um, and it's just you're hitting a wall, then absolutely look elsewhere. But I think the lesson is that you shouldn't just wait until you have exhausted your opportunities at your current employer to then start looking elsewhere. You should always be looking elsewhere. And in fact, sometimes they say the best way to advance in your career or to make more money is to leave. And it's always better to look for a job while you have a job. So do it. I think you're you're definitely ready for it. Definitely the time is right. Start looking elsewhere. There's only so much you can take when it comes to work politics, right? So that's what I would suggest. What do you think? I think that's good advice. My parents always said that as well. Like, you know, it's always easy to look for a job when you have a job. 
So it's nice to know that you have that security. You still have that paycheck coming in. Um, but then, of course, you know, it's it's always you always have to look out for yourself, too. I mean, of course, you definitely don't want to jump around from job to job all the time. But, you know, he's been there about two years now. And I think if he's not happy and he knows he might be happier elsewhere, it's definitely the right time to to look for something else. Yeah. And I'm not sure how old he is. Um, but if you're in the phase of your career life where maybe you're in your 20s or 30s and it's all about growing and all about learning and applying what you've learned to your next opportunity. Like you don't want to be wasting time somewhere where you feel like you have plateaued. Maybe in your 50s and you're approaching retirement, it's okay to plateau a little bit. You're ready to exit. But really now is the time to be challenging yourself. And if you don't feel challenged at work and you don't feel that your job can afford you any more opportunities to learn more and you've hit a wall, then definitely I think it's time to move on because you have your future to think about. You want to make sure that you're constantly being challenged and learning. So uh, do it. There's no harm in at least looking and seeing what you know opportunities may be elsewhere. I love these kind of questions. I love questions about work and career because there are lots of books out there about it. But I think you know when you're in I mean, you're at a crossroads. It's really challenging because like a career change or a job change implies so much, you know, it's like, it does. it's, it's, it's a lot to take on and it's can be very stressful. So, you know, definitely send me those questions and we'll, we'll work through them. All right. So our next question comes from Jaya. She's based, she or he actually, I'm not quite sure, is based in Singapore and he, and he or she thankfully has no debt. Um, but even though they're in Singapore. They think that the situation is pretty much parallel to how we are here in the U.S. And 15 years ago, Jaya purchased an investment-linked life insurance plan, and a portion of that premium is being used to purchase unit trusts. Overall, Jaya is pretty happy with this plan, but feels like there's a high management fee and is thinking up uh, thinking of possibly giving up the plan and selling the unit trust in order to replace it with another insurance plan. But Jaya is worried that the premium will be higher now that they're older. So mm-hmm. wanted to know what your suggestion might be. So this sounds a little bit like a whole life insurance plan where there is an investment component to the life insurance plan. The whole life insurance plans often come with very high fees and similar to her train of thought, which is to give it up. A lot of people end up giving away, giving up their whole life insurance plans because it gets too expensive. And um, I think at this point, you know, it's it's about, do I cut my losses and sell this plan? And even if it means paying a little bit more of a premium for a plan that is more appropriate for what I need at this stage in my life, and maybe I don't know uh, how it works in Singapore, but here, most people just need a term life insurance plan, you know, that ends after a certain number of years that um, is... It doesn't have an investment component, but it just, it's a much more simple, a simpler plan, more affordable plan. And also, Jaya, I would, I don't know what your circumstances are. Do you have dependents? Because if you don't, I don't know why you would need an insurance plan in the first place. And that's a, that's a trap that a lot of us, um, risk falling into, we get pitched life insurance plans that we just don't need. I was 24 and getting a call every day from this guy, this insurance salesman who wanted to sell me insurance. And you know, I had a little bit of insurance through my work plan. I was single. I had no dependents. I was like, I don't understand why 
you're get you know um but uh and they're not very good at explaining to you uh really the need other than maybe you know well you know it's like you get in now you're young and then eventually you'll have dependents and this will you know come in handy then and i was like well i'm good you know i i got other things to pay off um so first things first do you really even need an insurance plan do you have financial dependence and if you do then if you can get yourself a more affordable plan that is perhaps a term plan, even if it means cutting your losses with this insurance plan that you have, selling it or get not selling it, but get, getting rid of it, yes, maybe your premiums will be a little bit more now that you're older. But the thing is, if you can save a ton on fees, it may, it may be a net positive for you. It may be a net savings. Not knowing anything about how much you're paying or what, you know, what your available insurance plans are, but definitely worth exploring. All right. So the next question is from Ruby. But before we get to her question, she just wanted to let you know how grateful she is for the fantastic resource and inspiration. That is so many. (laughs) Thank you, Ruby. I love your name, Ruby, by the way. That's a beautiful name. I'd like to introduce you to one of our newest sponsors, Igloo, modern cloud-based intranet software that's designed for the way your individual business works. What Igloo does really well is connect three things, people, information, and processes. Everyone in your company has access to all the information they need using tools they already know all in one place. Dropbox, cloud storage, Google apps, Salesforce, calendars, and more. It all integrates together in Igloo, and it's accessible on any device with an internet connection, letting your team communicate and collaborate from anywhere. And all of this works for both startups and big businesses. You don't even need an IT department to set it up. But don't just take my word for it. Check out what Igloo can do for your business. Go to igloosoftware.com slash so money and get your free trial of Igloo, a free trial that's really free because up to 10 users can use it for free forever. Join companies who've already made the switch to a better, more efficient, friendly internet. Go to igloosoftware.com slash so money and see how Igloo can work for your company. So Ruby and her husband are trying to get their financial acts together, but they seem to have a very long to-do list. Mm -hmm. They have all of these goals. They want to invest 55,000 that's currently sitting in cash. They want to file FSA receipts and they want to learn and start using a retirement plan that's tied to her side business income. And she wants to get a high yield savings account and so forth. But she wants to know how they should tackle this seemingly long list because they know they have a long way to go towards financial security. But at the moment, it's seeming a little overwhelming to them. Yeah. Okay. So Ruby. All right. I'm trying to just um, remember that all this. So she has $55,000 in cash that she's thinking about investing. She has some FSA receipts that she wants to file. Um, starting an investment, a retirement account for her business, get a high yield savings account, so forth. I mean, a lot of these things you can do all in a week. I mean, this is not, uh, there are some things that I would take that I think take more precedence, which is, you know, getting that savings account opened, making sure that uh, whatever the deadline is for those FSA receipts that you hit them, that you file them on time, just make sure that some of these things might carry some deadlines. So just make sure that you are working on track to meet any certain deadlines you have to meet. Um, for example, also this this retirement plan for work, is there um, a dead, is it probably um, an annual thing where if you have to, you have to invest every year 
at a certain point to get the deduction or the benefit, the tax benefit. And that's usually, you know, in some cases, April 15th tax day, but it could be a different day for this particular account you're looking at. So just make sure that whatever deadlines are associated with these things on your to-do list, that you're on track to meet them. From there, uh, I think that an order of importance is that you want to have savings established. You want to short and long-term. So get that short-term savings account opened, that high-yield account ASAP. $55,000 on the sidelines. I think you want to maybe start putting that to work through an investment account. There are many platforms out there that can do that for you. You could work with an advisor. I would recommend maybe just looking at some of the online platforms. Like, for example, there's um, Wealthfront, which is a sponsor of this show, full disclosure. But there's also Betterment. There's Elvest. There's Worth FM. There's a lot of new uh investment platforms that take a very low fee that diversify your money and allow you to track it online and through their apps. So check out those sites. That may be a good place to park that 55K or it could be that you take some of that and put it in that retirement account for work. Look at your calendar and start circling dates like buy the you know certain date here. I want to have the FSA receipts filed. I, I always, I mean, it's, this isn't like rocket science. It's maybe it's just like you need to put some circles around dates on your calendar and write down what you want done by when. A lot of these things take a lunch hour to get accomplished. You know, investing money online takes a lunch hour. I've done it myself. Um, filing FSA receipts might take, you know, some leisure time on a weekend. Um, opening up that account for your business, the retirement account, you know, might be a process. You have to first do some research, link up with a bank that can open that for you. Um, maybe it's about talking to your public accountant for that. But, you know, that that one I think might be a little bit of a, a time consumer. But open up that high yield savings account. You can do that today. So all of these things are important to accomplish. There's nothing here that I would say, ah, wait till next year. I think all of these things are very pressing that you want to get these done as soon as possible. Take the summer to do them. And um, if you have any questions, let me know. But, you know, it sounds like more you're just looking for – there is no, like, hierarchy here. But, of course, I would love to see that your money is invested and that you have that savings account sooner than later. The FSA receipts might be something that you do at the very end. But uh, that's what I would say. And you have your husband to help. So delegate. You know, you're going to – here, you op go open up the online account. I'll do the investment account. I'll do the FSA receipts. You look into the retirement plan for the business. You know, just start to get your ducks in a row that way. And I think you'll be fine. I know it can be really overwhelming. But definitely, you have the time. I, it's the summer. Not much goes on, you know, in the financial world. So it's actually a good time. There aren't really like long lines at the bank. <laughs> so yeah. Take advantage of that. No, plus I love a good, I love planning things out my, on my calendar. That always helps. Yeah. I mean, I do that. I, I literally have alarms that go off and like, okay, this day, this hour, you need to go into your online account and invest in, you know, add money to your investment accounts. So that's just it. You got to just, you know, remind yourself. All right. So moving on to our next question comes from Kai Rose. She writes that she's a challenged artist who recently lost her house and an art gallery studio business and her relationship all at once. Mm. 
Um, but she's on a fixed income with Social Security Disability Insurance, and she has a small loan to pay off, which is about $400 a month. So she wants to maybe claim bankruptcy, but she thinks it's too expensive and complex. So wanted to know if you had any suggestions or what your advice hmm. for her would be. Well, you know, before yeah, bankruptcy can be a long, twisted road, and it's not something that I you know, would love to advise people to do if you can avoid it. I think first thing, Kai Rose, I would suggest working with a debt counselor, you know, and I would recommend two resources for you to check out. Uh, the first meeting is free. So that's the National Foundation for Credit Counselors is one, nfcc.org. And we'll put these on the website in case you uh, don't have a pen at the ready. And the other one is Money Management International. And that website is moneymanagement.org. Org, org. And I love these two resources. They are act similarly. They're basically credit counseling agencies. They're all over the country. And so you go on their site, you can type in your zip code, they'll help you find a, an office or an agent who will work with you. The first meeting should be free to kind of just kind of evaluate your, your situation, your, your debt and all of that. Um, it may be that they can help you negotiate some of your debt to pay that off a little more affordably and work as your advocate for that. Another alternative could be to suggest that you enter a debt management program. And it's a nominal fee every month. I think it's anywhere from 10 to 15 bucks. Although if you're really in dire straits, they could waive that for you. And the, the goal there is to help you work through your debt over time. This isn't a get out of debt quick scheme. And so, you know, you might see a lot of advertisements for, we'll help you pay off all your debt overnight or whatever. Like that's, it's too good to be true. Walk away. But these two resources, I've referred to them for over a decade. They're a quality and they may be able to give you some strategies that will help you avoid bankruptcy. But if it is, if it is, it does look like bankruptcy is the best solution for you, they can also help you kind of steer you down a, a good path for that. I'm not an expert on bankruptcy. I'll be the first to tell you that. I don't know a ton about it, although I do know that it's, first of all, it's it's very difficult to claim personal bankruptcy these days. Business bankruptcy is different, but personal bankruptcy can be very difficult to claim. And even then, a judge may say you still have to pay off your debt over time. Just as a reminder to everybody, when you do claim bankruptcy, and go through it, your credit is ruined for a very long time. And it could take seven to 10 years for you to really rebuild credit and to be uh, given credit again. Uh, if that's something that you need, that could be a consideration. So, you know, that's what I would say, Kairos, don't go it alone. Connect with the people that might be able to give you some really good guidance as far as your debt is. And then I don't know what your disability is. However, if you still are able to work from home, that may be a blessing. You know, look online. We've talked about on the show a lot about job opportunities. And depending on your skill set, maybe there are some things that you can do from home that uh, will allow you to bring in the additional income to get back on your feet. There's so many opportunities. So keep us in the loop. Let us know, you know, what you decide and in, in your next steps and hopefully we can support you. So the next question comes from Jalal. Jalal recently lent someone $600 who defaulted on paying their rent. And they recently went to this person and asked for them to pay the money back. But they got no response from the borrower. So they want to know if you have any advice on how they can collect the money that's owed to them. 
Well, I hope that there was a contract or an agreement or something in writing, Jalal. And if there is something in writing, then that is your proof that you could take this person to small claims court. You know, $600, I think, qualifies you to get in front of a judge and have a a third party decide. And maybe you don't want to go that far. But if you are interested, I would look into your local county and see if you can... um, you can serve this person. And, but, you know, before you get to that point, you might want to keep trying to reach out to them. Um, And if this was a friend, hopefully they'll be honest with you. Maybe they can't pay you back right away, but maybe you can work out a payment plan. I don't think you want to come uh, across as too aggressive just now. You want to come across and say, hey, I understand that you're going through some issues right now financially. When do you think you'll be able to pay me back? Should we amend our original agreement to come up with a repayment plan that's amenable to you? Try to be a little cooperative, but if you're getting resistance and this person's not even getting back to you, then perhaps it is that you take it to a higher level Judge Judy to the rescue. But you know, even if you go on Judge Judy, what's the first thing she's going to ask you? Where's your About contract? The contract, yeah. You know, she's uh she doesn't take uh what's the expression? She takes no prisoners. Yeah, that's it. I got it right. <laughs> I'm getting better. She takes no prisoners. Um, so that's what I would say. I mean, there's really no other way to collect that money other than um, just being persistent, hopefully. And if not, then, you know, putting some extra force at it and uh, getting a judge involved. But hopefully you don't get to that point because that's a lot of time. And, you know, hopefully you can get this money back sooner than later. So we have one last question, and I thought this would be great to read on air because I assume if one person has it, maybe a couple others do as well. Um, But it comes from Leanne, and she wants to know the best way that she can go back and listen to previous podcasts without having to scroll back each time. Yeah, a couple of people have asked this question, and maybe it's a sign that I have to redesign it a little bit on my website. But if you go to somoneypodcast.com, which is mobile-friendly, and So whether you go on your desktop or your laptop or your phone, you should be able to see a little line that says view all podcasts above the most recent podcast on the homepage. There's a little like link that says view all podcasts. Just click on it and it'll take you to a page that lists all of the podcasts in numerical order, uh, in, in, in chronological order rather. So hopefully that helps. Um, but if any software developers out there have a better solution for me, <laughs> let me know. I'm actually in the midst of retooling the site. And um, by the fall, there'll be a whole new look and feel to my Farnoosh.tv and the So Money podcast. We're going to try to merge them a little more seamlessly. So just to make it a little better of an experience. So I'll take note of this. And obviously, this will have to be something that we'll have to rethink for the um, for the facelift that we're giving the site in the fall. So if anyone else is struggling with that, I'm sorry. I Hopefully that solves it. And thanks so much for caring enough to want to go back and listen to the back episodes. You know, what's crazy is sometimes we get these spikes in downloads on random days. And I never know why, you know, like we, Sophie and I were like scratching our heads. Like we woke up Thursday morning or rather Wednesday morning to a ginormous amount of downloads before 10 a.m., more than we usually get in two days worth of podcasts. We're very thankful. We we like to just think that people are 
through word of mouth or through everything else that's going on are, are finding the show and downloading. So we really appreciate it. It's just a sign. It's just really representative of the fact that this is a slow and steady pace thing. Like there's no such thing as a successful podcast overnight. You really have to work at it. And some mornings you wake up delightfully surprised that more people have you know, it's like, do you watch um, Silicon Valley? <laughs> I don't, but you know, everybody's talking about it. I know I really need to get into so it. You got to, you got to. It's like the one of the best shows on TV. And one of the episodes was they woke up one morning and they had like thousands and thousands of users that they didn't have before. I mean, the the reality was they were paying a click farm in India <laughs> to sign up. We're not doing that on So Money, <laughs> but um but magic can happen sometimes. And I, I think this is pretty magical <laughs> that we're getting all these new listens suddenly. And um, we really want to say thank you to everybody. And thank you, Sophia, for reading off those questions for us. And thanks of to all course. the people who wrote in. And we hope you have a fantastic weekend and see you back here on Monday. Thanks so much. Have a so money weekend. <laughs> 